0: Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo.
0: Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch the worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to Mm -hmm. go ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. Hey, Streaming Wasteland, it's your Uncle Ringo, and I'm here to go ahead and promote something that's near and dear to my heart. My wife went ahead and produced a book. You can go find it over on Goodreads and Amazon. It's under the title, Soul of Fractured Fate by J. Grunz, J-G-R-E-N-Z. Two people are kidnapped by the Fae and dropped into a realm where they have to navigate court systems and a dating game. See if they go ahead and find love. Go pick it up wherever you can find it. And like I said, good reads and Amazon. Go get it. It's fucking good. Good morning, Streaming Wasteland. As always, you've got Ringo here, and over to my right is Greg. Say hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. We took on 2022's I Want You Back on Prime. This was rated R. Tux had his own statement to state on this, but uh, we might not have that in there. It's a little inflammatory.
1: We're going to edit that straight out. I can't imagine torturing our listeners. (laughs) It's a little
0: inflammatory, what he said. Tune tune in (laughs) next week
1: when it's nonstop baby crying (laughs) as we film this inside an airplane. (laughs) No, because that's how we end up on Lost. We found out that the longest possible plane flight is 18 hours nonstop, and so we're trying to crowd that plane with a bunch of babies, and then just record a bunch of episodes while we're doing it.
0: <laughs> Which episodes make it out a lie?
1: <laughs> oh, none of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, I can't imagine being trapped for 18 hours with a crying baby. Uh, and I know somewhere out there, there's somebody who's like, oh, I had to do that when I had a child. Yeah, I don't have kids. And yeah. that's one of the main reasons why not.
0: You know, do you remember how last year there was the the report of the guy who like pulled the the door open to get some air or something like that? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> crying baby. The first hour, he just
1: <laughs> he wasn't actually trying to get any air. He was trying he was trying to be in the air. He was like, nope, it's not yeah. worth it. No, yeah,
0: he was trying to get some air. Just <laughs>
1: yeah, he was trying to like
0: literally like the way
1: Jordan used to get air. Yeah.
0: He was going for the ultimate dunk. He's like, I will slam this ball into the Pacific Ocean. He was probably going ahead and listening to one of the songs that he downloaded and he heard, I can fly. I don't think you should listen to R. Kelly on airplanes. (laughs) Probably not. It seems
1: inappropriate. My mind's telling me no. Be like, no, R. Kelly. No, not in the plane. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it, R. Kelly. Also, probably... probably shouldn't listen to R. Kelly in general at this point. Probably not. Although I did hear that all of his proceeds are going to his victims now. Like, all the money money making his music are going to his victims. So, maybe you should actually listen to R. Kelly. I don't know how many R. Kelly songs are really worth listening to. I've never been a big fan. I know Bump and Grind, I
0: believe I can fly in in the closet parts 1 through 400 or whatever the fuck it is. That brings up a whole interesting conversation I haven't thought about. Because I remember like everyone was losing their minds of, when do you go ahead and cut the artist off from the art? Like, the... You said it. Kill your... Kill your I'm blanking on uh, it. Kill,
1: kill your idols and death of an author are hey. two different concepts. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, but doing... The, sorry, the de- death of an author. Doing that one with, with these artists. If the if the artist... If the money is not going to them, it's going to the victims? I
1: don't know. There's an argument there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of different things to consider there, though, right? So, let's say that... we use J.K. Rowling as an example just because it's easy. But she's obviously transphobic huge turd of a person when it comes to those sort of things and even if you were to somehow be okay with all of that it does seem like she's out there still trying to correct her other bad behavior like oh no no this one character that I mentioned in one book that person is actually like Laotian so therefore representation when you're like that's not real representation that's that's tokenism at its finest but yeah. she's out there trying to actively change this. Her, her whole thing about oh Dumbledore was actually gay that's not in the text anywhere that's just her writing that yeah And so when Hogwarts Legacy came out last year or the year before, but I think it was last year, it all blurs together. I'm 40 now and I'm old, and I don't need to keep track of time anymore because it's just one big blur until the end. But the (laughs) Merry Christmas. But, you know, when that game came out, a lot of people were talking about, like, oh, you know, she already made the money and the studio is the one that's going to get hurt. And other people are like, no, the studio has already gotten paid, et cetera, et cetera. And the question you kind of have to ask yourself, though, is if you make this game do well, are more people going to give her money to do the same thing? And so it's not the same directly with R. Kelly, right? His money is actually... Now other people's money and he's in jail I believe for the rest of his life for being a, I'm not going to spell out what he did here but it involves minors and it's not great but it also tells other people that you can be famous as fuck and you can get away with a lot of shit for a long time and even if you turn out to be a huge turd if your music's good we'll still listen to it because I guarantee you most people aren't thinking about where the money's going and so yeah. it's one of those things where yeah, you're helping, but you're also still bringing attention and credit to the person who was a huge turd. And so, for me, it's probably better to err on the side of caution. I like bump and grind, but I don't need to hear it again. I'd rather not, and I'd rather just donate money directly to whatever charities or victims if I can. I'd much rather do that than do this roundabout thing where, no matter how I try to separate it, I'm still praising a pedo, and I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Same with. I am I have my copies of my Harry Potter books on the shelf. There's no reason for me to burn them or throw them away. I already gave J.K. Rowling my money for them years and years ago before Twitter was invented. But the flip side of that is I certainly am not going to play Hogwarts Legacy, nor do I have any desire to buy it, no matter how cheap it gets, because all I'm doing is rewarding her bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm an adult enough, as I mentioned, forty now, so I actually get to be like a super adult. I'm adult enough <laughs> to know that not everything I liked in my childhood is sacred, fucking forever. Yeah, I've watched Saved by the Bell recently. It's not very good. I shouldn't get to be like, oh, it's so nostalgic for me that I just can't help myself. When the flip side of that is a billionaire getting more money and more attention to go ahead and besmirch trans people and say hateful things. So yeah, it's kind of it's all the same thing. It's all really dependent on how you feel about it and how each individual like these are the questions you have to ask yourself and you can make the argument that i'm being like way over principled and that if i were to stick to these principles and everything some things would become impossible maybe that's true everybody has their own lines and in certain and the people who i i notice are never active until you're telling them like hey chick-fil-a is bigoted or anything like that they love to come talk about like oh actually there's no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism yeah i get that dude but now It'd be one thing if everybody bought Hogwarts Legacy, and then the next day, J.K. Rowling put like a big swastika on her profile and was like, ha-ha, bitches, I'm actually a Nazi. Right? Then we could be like, fuck. Like, shit. But you knew. You knew going in. And you still chose to buy it. And so don't try to hide behind some sort of false principles. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in the world, is if you're going to have principles, have them. I'm not going to necessarily agree with everybody's principles. As a matter of fact, there's at least 50% of this country, I don't agree with anything they have to say. But don't make them false principles like it, like have them change them when you need to change them when it makes sense but when you commit to your principles commit to them don't fucking be like i'm i'm all for being an ally or whatever and then I, but buy bigoted products because you've found some sort of loophole or you want to tell me about ethical consumption It's fucking it's the most obnoxious shit
0: in the world mm-hmm.
1: anyway that's what i've been up to this week
0: <laughs> no i you got some excellent points there. I think that I fully agree with you. And when it comes to like R. Kelly's uh, music, no longer sending money to him, he's behind prison, so it, I, the money would just sit there until he got out. I, I don't. I don't really know how that one works. I don't need to know how that one works. But I think that for the aspect of anyone that doesn't know what R. Kelly did, if they listen to his music at least, then we, those of us who know, go, okay, so at least the money isn't going to like. A trust fund for him, or something like that, on the off chance that he somehow gets out. I don't know. I think that it, it. Life is stupid, fucking complicated, and it gets more complicated the more we find out about all these people that go ahead and make things that we like. Uh, rolling ruined an aspect of of my childhood when it turned out that she was a piece of shit. Because <laughs> now I don't want to. I don't want to engage with Harry Potter. So. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, like, for me, it doesn't ruin my childhood, because that already happened, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, it's not like I found out that some family friend or something was was secretly a murderer or some Mm -hmm. shit, and in case that's somehow accurate, my family doesn't have very many friends, so the the ones (laughs) I'm thinking of, I'm like, oh my god, like, when? But anyway... It's more to me, it's it does put a little kind of a, a stink on the idea of like you now this thing that you used to like, you can't anymore. But maybe that's good anyway. Maybe we mm-hmm. should have more of that. We shouldn't be sitting around as adults pining for the time that we were children. I get why people do it. Don't give me, don't come at us in the comments being like, oh, sorry, but my life's hard. In fact, everybody's got some shit, but. Mm-hmm. The flip side is maybe we shouldn't be so desperate to have something from 30 years ago
0: be exactly like it was. So I'm not I'm not saying that I'm desperate for that. I'm just saying that like whenever something new themed in that in that realm comes out, Harry Potter, Star Wars, that sort of stuff, depending on where it's coming from. Star Wars is now owned by Disney, so when something comes out, it's like if I want to watch it, then I'm supporting Disney. If Harry Potter comes out, I'm not going to support it. And up until I came to understand that Rowling was a piece of shit, I watched the spinoff Harry Potter movies and stuff like that, because I didn't comprehend that I was watching Mm -hmm. one garbage and two stuff that probably should have ended like 10 years ago and never been a spinoff or a remake. But that's, that's just, I'm not looking to go ahead and go delve back into when I was 12 or 13. It's just the aspect of it's nice whenever a series has some sort of thing that keeps on going. Like, Star Wars has been going on since, what, the 70s? Yeah. Yeah, so we have 50-something years of Star Wars lore and realms and all sorts yeah. of stuff like that.
1: While George Lucas isn't a raging dickbag, I also think maybe it's time we come up with something new for uh-huh. <laughs> In Space. God. I'm, I'm a little bit tired of what, it's not George Lucas' fault, the prequels are, and there's something we can talk <laughs> about when we talk about Dune a yeah. little bit, but there is, I don't know, there's a lot to say about the way people reinterpret bad media and turn it into something that's all of a sudden valued. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about oh, it this yeah. week when we're talking about Lost. Oh, but, oh yeah, oh the
0: yeah. fucking episodes, fucking episodes. Before we go ahead and just, you know, tailspin into that <laughs> shit,
1: I want you back. Do you ever look at your childhood and think, I want you back?
0: (laughs) No. Transition. (laughs) Segway.
1: Bridge content.
0: (laughs) As Greg so helpfully pointed out, we're segwaying into the movie that we did this week. 2022, I Want You Back was put on Prime. It's rated R. The movie stars Charlie Day as Peter. Jenny uh, Slate as Emma. Scott Eastwood as Noah. Gina uh, Rodriguez as Anne. Almost did it. Almost screwed that up. (laughs) Caught myself. Maddie Jaquinto as Logan Clark Bacco as Ginny after being dumped by their respective partners Emma and Peter meet each other and become friends one night after several drinks they hatch a scheme Emma will try to break up Anne and Logan and Pete will try to break up Noah and Ginny unfortunately the plan only half works as Peter accidentally convinces Noah to propose to Ginny at the end of the movie though Peter and Emma seem to be on a path to something greater let's go into some reviews Writing for The Wrap Lena w- Wilson, liked the film, saying The film ultimately feels a bit underdeveloped but this seems a small price to pay for a romantic comedy with zero misogyny and relatively realistic characters Meanwhile, Nick Allen from RobertEver.com did not care for the movie commenting Jenny Slate and Charlie Day deserve better than I Want You Back A leaden rom-com that gives them a shot at being funny, charming, and sweet only to squander it scene by scene On Rotten Tomatoes, user Victoria C gave the movie a 1.5 stars, noting, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate are two of my favorite actors because they make me laugh out loud all the time. But this movie was so bad I didn't laugh. Over at Letterboxd, user Renan gave this movie a 4-star, stating, Conventional and tropey, but with so much charm and heart. I loved every second that Jenna Slate was on my screen. So Greg, what was your take on this? This is the best rom-com we've watched on this show
1: by a damn sight. I actually laughed at this movie. I don't know what the other person was talking about. I I generally sit down and think to myself, great, here we go. And I hope that I'm surprised. And sometimes I'm not, like Thunder Force. I was waiting to laugh the entire time in that movie and pretty much never did. Except in the very beginning when she said, jump in the dumpster because that's where trash goes. That was fantastic. <laughs> but this movie, these days when something's called a rom-com, I rarely expect there to be any actual calm as we've talked about several times Mm. it's going to be like usually it means simple romance with dumb jokes this time it was a little bit more complicated romance and the jokes were actually pretty funny the scene when they are on drugs after they've accidentally gone home with high schoolers that they found at the club and they're running through the house and they're high schoolers. They're high schoolers. You're 17. Get out of there. And the dad comes home and Charlie starts explaining or Peter starts explaining, Hey, look, dude, I want a daughter too. I, I want like, but it doesn't have to be a daughter. I'd love to have a boy. And then that I can play with. And then Scott Eastwood says, let me take care of this and throws potpourri in the guy's face. That was a good sequence. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed when Emma and Pete were at the, the movies and Emma goes, they're starting to talk over Con Air and the guy's like shh you're ruining it and he's like didn't realize I could ruin a movie that came out 25 years ago <laughs> <laughs> and yeah they're talking about the airplane safety mask person and they she's like when you go on an airplane and it's the it's the video comes on have you ever been on an airplane like that he's like yeah that's that's every airplane I've <laughs> ever been on and she's like I will put somebody else's mask on first he's like you're supposed to put your mask on first you're way less helpful Than that, and then at the end of the movie, he does. He puts her mask on first. is a very nice, cute gesture. I I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was well written. It was funny. It didn't have. I think the first reviewer there said that these were relatively realistic characters, and I actually felt that way. I didn't think anybody stood out as like over the top ridiculous, except for maybe the director Manny Jacinto, his character Mm -hmm. Logan. I don't know. It's a stereotype that there's all these high school drama teachers or middle school drama teachers that are film school graduates who want to direct theater and they treat their plays like they're actual real productions. I feel like that's like a sitcom trope and not a real life trope, but I also wasn't in drama in high school and haven't been to high school since, I don't know, 22 years at this point Mm -hmm. since I've been in high school, so... Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Sometimes art reflects reality, but I, I don't know. But it felt like that character was over the top, and I will say I also laughed at their threesome scene when Anne walks out, and then, so and there then were just, he looks no, at there's just two. Yeah, and then there was just two, and then she just shakes his hand and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a story I would hear from one of my actual friends. He's like, dude, I almost had a threesome, ended up having a know some. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> ended up having a handsome <laughs> yeah
1: it ended up being a mesum.
0: <laughs> so me sounds
1: like a product for the we you know, like, <laughs> yeah, pro- it,
0: it probably will be at some point um for for me i i liked it i liked this uh i liked this one a lot this was probably like you said probably one of the best rom-coms that we've we've watched here on the podcast the major issue that i had though there was just something about like the first forty minutes that I felt like they needed to work it out a little bit because I didn't, it, I didn't laugh and I, I kept track of it. It was like forty-two minutes in when I had my first like snicker and then the, I think uh, they transitioned into the drug scene and I started fucking. Lo- I, uh, <laughs> is he dead? Maybe. It's just like, <laughs> oh my god! I went and told my wife that one and she's like. So you ruined the whole entire movie for me, and I'm like, no, I haven't done that yet. That's that's coming later. I was surprised she hadn't seen it. No, I don't. I don't think she had heard of it. Yeah, think, yeah, that, yeah, Go ahead. But that was the only. I don't. I don't know how to explain it because watching the first forty minutes, like everything that they had in there, like still probably needs to be in there. But I feel like they, like the jokes that they were trying to put in there, didn't make me laugh in the first forty minutes, and it just felt like really slow. But once we get to the jumping off the balcony scene, like the, the movie changed for me. And I'm just like, I really loved it from that point on. Yeah. In the beginning, it
1: made me laugh because there was that scene where Tr- Peter's got the nephew on his shoulders and he's like, where is this kid? I can't find him. I can't find him. And then finally she's like, he's on your shoulders. And I was like, okay. That's funny because we've all been there. We all know that one person who keeps the bit going too long and it's for kids and everything. You get it, but you're an adult. So you're just like, fucking stop mm-hmm. like, it, like imagine sitting around with like your entire extended family and somebody's playing got your nose with one of the kids for like, an hour and they keep coming up to you and they're just like have you seen his nose you be like hey fuck off like, just fucking get away from me uh, i also like that he's crying during happy birthday that just made me laugh uh, <laughs> there is a there's a mutual friend of ours that once was we worked together and he he put a character in a hot tub in a video game and it was like the saddest picture that you could take it's like take a selfie of yourself and he's like by myself in a hot tub that's fucking weird so he's like hey dude happy birthday to me (laughs) it made me think of that i will say that i actually thought this movie was gonna go for two very different dark endings Mm -hmm. and the first one was the obvious. At the end, I thought their plane was actually just going to crash. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, that's a way to end a thing. Uh, that's the ending of Almost Famous. Everybody starts shouting out their feelings as they're not Almost Famous. Maybe it is Almost Famous. Whatever, the camera curl one. But the but yeah, like everyone starts shouting out their feelings. I thought they were going to do that here. It's been done in a few movies where the plane looks like it's going to crash, but then it doesn't. But instead, they just use that as a nice moment for him to show her that he does care about her a lot. And then the movie just ends. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. But I actually thought they were were going to end the movie when Pete got back with Anne. Mm -hmm. And it's that long shot of Emma sitting at the desk, like, starting to cry and still having to be a receptionist. I thought it was going to fade out and fade to black. And I was like, holy fuck, that is a fucking ending to a rom-com right there. Like, Jesus Christ but it's a calm so it can't end on that note. No. but or traditionally it can't well, but i was thinking to myself i was like dude if they do that this might be an actual like better than just a good rom-com this is like a good movie because what a fucking like that <laughs> twist is not built up to anything it's just this conversation of like oh i guess we can't be friends anymore see ya and yeah. then she's like yeah okay bye and then like
0: directed by and you're just like dick wolf was that you? <laughs> bad so- robot so my wife and I have constantly talked about like how I would love to go ahead and change some of these romances. Like one of the one of the things that I was like talking to her, I was like, I love, I I enjoyed the way that this one ended, but I think that it would be interesting if they had gone back and they had done it so that Peter and Emma don't end up like in that like cute moment there at the end. They just end up separated. They they don't really interact afterwards, and they just kind of like similar similar to how life is. When someone leaves your life, they don't tend to ever really enter it ever again. Some t- some people do, but like very, it's, it's not something that happens a lot. And she said something to me. I haven't looked it up, so it's interesting to go ahead and have someone who tends to enjoy, you know, watching romances and rom coms. And she goes, it wouldn't be a romance or a rom com if the two main characters don't end up together, because that's, I guess, industry standard. And it's interesting to go ahead and hear that. Cause I'm like, okay, so then if we put on a, a rom-com or a romance for this, we then, if they don't end up together, it's technically not. And I would need to look that up to go ahead and see if that's like a rule or a standard in like the way that these are, are made. I wouldn't know. Cause I don't tend to look at romance unless of course it's for our podcast here, but I think it would have been interesting so much. Like you said, it just fades to black after she breaks down and starts crying there at the, at the reception desk. And she's like, Oh, that's, That's cold. That's cold. I wasn't expecting it to be just go straight dark or to go ahead and like have the plane crash. And it's like last episode on Lops. Previously on I Want You Back. (laughs) Guys,
1: where are we? (laughs) Uh, I mean, we've talked a little bit about on the show how Americans don't do non-happy endings. All of our heroes always win the... The sacrificial hero can die but the the overall bestest boy hero can't die and so we get that a lot but i think the argument that it's industry standard is proof of why it shouldn't be mm-hmm. and i think that there's like the idea that two people get together at the end so if you go all the way back to traditional comedy versus traditional tragedy right like tragedies always involve a death and comedies always end with a wedding back in the greek days And so that's how a lot of rom-coms take it, is that a rom-com must end with two people getting together. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, but just because a movie is a rom-com doesn't mean it always has to stick by these things. Obviously, this is not some sort of gigantic commercial success. It was a good enough success. Amazon Prime liked it. People on Prime liked it. But this wasn't trying to save a studio from bankruptcy or anything like that, as far as I know. I didn't do a ton of reading on it, but it seems like it was basically like, yeah, we've we figured these guys should play in this script let's make a movie Mm -hmm. and they did it if you want a movie that is a romance that's not a rom-com that does have a ending where the main characters don't all end together you should check out closer from 2004 it stars natalie portman jude law and clive owen and julia roberts i'm pretty sure but the end of that movie has two of the main characters not getting back together despite the movie being entirely about their relationship it's i don't remember if summer and what's-his-name end up together in 500 days of summer but i also think that the two main characters don't end up there don't end up together there and then eternal sunshine also they don't necessarily end up together it's a weird nebulous ending on whether or not they will get back together but yeah we can also assume that the relationship will die anyway because of how it already happened (laughs) but yeah i think overall like I said I don't know that I necessarily wanted this movie to have that dark ending I was just for a minute there I was like dude holy fuck are they actually gonna fucking stop right here and just because the scene is set up perfectly to Mm -hmm. be the last shot of a movie and for a minute I was like dude am I actually gonna be sad at the end of a rom-com is this actually a (laughs) depressing movie and I looked at my dog and he looked at me and I was like come on bud and then the movie kept going I was like oh thank fuck
0: (laughs) I'm not I'm not asked I wasn't asking for this one to end that way. I'm just no, I because, got you. Because it, it's like you and I've talked about. So many of our movies end up with like the hero winning out or the, mm-hmm. the main characters ending up together or the happy ending is the ending. In a horror movie the the monster gets killed and the last girl gets to go free or the last mm-hmm. guy gets to go free or whatever. And that's that's fine. But I do think that we as a, we could Use our media, maybe giving us a little bit more of these, like like these gut punches that surprise us when it's like it's leading up to it, and then something ruins it, and it's like, okay, cool. So, yeah.
1: but I think a lot of that comes down to the base level marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you can't tell people to go see a movie if they don't know what they're going to get in the first place. And so in that way, it's a vicious cycle. But we we've seen it in the last twenty years: the explosion of YA media, right? Mm-hmm. So from Hunger Games, I don't know if Hunger Games is the first one, but in that area, right, like that type of book, and how many fucking movies spawn from that. Like, we could actually swap this over to, like, YA Wasteland and do a full year (laughs) worth of stuff before we run out of movie adaptations, I think. There's a lot out there. But, I think that that's proof that people want something that's comfortable and easy, and they don't necessarily want to challenge themselves, which is fine. I'm not shitting on that, but The reason that we don't get any movies is because you have to make a really, really good movie that makes you challenge yourself. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. people are going to be like, "Ah, I hated it because I I thought it was cute. And then it just had a twist in it. (laughs) And so if you if you do that and it fails, then you're ruined. Mm -hmm. Right. Like M. Night Shyamalan stands out as an exception to the rule, because even though his whole thing was I make movies that have a twist in it and you're not going to see the twist coming. He also sold a lot of fucking tickets. Yeah. Because for every person who sat in the theater and was like, yeah, they know what the twist of the village (laughs) is. Right. There there was a hundred other people who were like, huh, I bet I know, but I'm going to go check it out anyway. Mm -hmm. And so he gets an exception, but how many other people, I I honestly don't know the answer, but how many other people have tried to make a twist movie and had it fail either in production where they were just like, this doesn't work. Rewrite the end. Or it failed flopped so hard that you and I have never even heard about it because it's just like it came out it made $100 at the box office because the director's mom it took her bridge club to go see it and then it fucking disappeared it's not even on streaming anywhere yeah.
0: pivoting back to, to the movie real quick I do have to say the way that they shot all the scenes I thought was amazing the line delivery was great I think that mm-hmm. the jokes were fantastic whenever I started like actually getting some of the humor and I think that the romance between the two characters becomes really palpable about 40, 45 minutes in. I think this movie is a really good rom-com. Again, I don't, I don't really, I can't really explain why I had such a. It wasn't even an issue so much. It's just I noticed that like the first 40 minutes, I didn't really laugh at much, and it felt a little slow. That's about the only issue I had with it. Otherwise, this one, to give this one a rating, I would say this one's probably like a. Four,
1: not five, a five out of uh, five out of nine. Yeah, I was gonna say five, maybe even a six out of nine. I actually really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that the humor isn't a thousand versions of different ways to refer to my dick and having sex. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the forty-year-old virgin and role models and super bad as much as the next guy, but at the same time, when every movie is trying to copy that, it just feels forced. Like when you look at Forgetting Sarah Marshall, there's another great rom com, and that does exactly that but they do it well mm-hmm. and this movie feels like it could be the almost the pg-13 version of forgetting sarah marshall it's it's funny it's definitely got its moments i think that charlie day is a great actor i think that jenny slate i didn't recognize her at first but then once i realized that she was mona lisa from parks and rec yeah. i left my ass off dude she's so fucking funny and yeah the rest of the cast was really good oh yeah dude i'll say that scott eastwood i don't know who i thought he was but i was like damn i've seen this guy before and then i looked at his entire filmography i was like this guy is just like the generic white guy because he looks like <laughs> he looks like half a dozen other people in this movie and he sounds like a couple other people but i was like dude who the fuck like where have i seen him before i looked at everything he's been in, and i was like nothing like, there's a couple things he's been in that I've seen, but it's certainly not what I remember him for. He's playing, like, bit parts, and I'm like, yeah, I wasn't like, oh, no, I know Scott. He doing right off the, right off the cuff.
0: Yeah, he looks uh, like yeah, a, a
1: knockoff Captain America. Yeah, he does look a little bit, that was one of the people, too. I was like, oh, shit, is that Chris Evans? And I was like, no, Chris Evans was in that <laughs> fucking movie, like, The Gray Man or whatever mm-hmm. on Netflix. Uh, not that somebody can't be in multiple movies, but, uh, yeah, it's just i thought the cast did a pretty good job i think this movie i think uh, something you and i never really talk about but this movie is actually well cast each Mm, one of these characters each one of these actors played the character right i will say it's a little bit shitty like we have Ginny on our list of starring she's the sixth recorded star but she's got like 10 maybe 15 minutes of screen time like she effectively exists as a prop to piss off emma and that's crappy Uh, i will also say if It bothers you that a movie kind of changes tact in the middle and has a frank frank conversation between a child and a woman, and then that woman sings a song from a musical randomly in the middle of the movie. This movie does have that, and so it's something that if you're just like, no, I want to see the focus on the characters, it's not 100% on these characters. It's important to Anne's character, not Anne, Emma's character development to have these conversations, and the song obviously is symbolic of the way she's feeling at the time. Yeah. But it is also, it's a little bit jarring, but she does a good job. She's not a bad singer, and the song's not so long. And yet for a, a movie that repre- like allegedly has kids in and around it like you know, part of the movie takes place at a middle school i didn't find any of the children obnoxious or annoying and so that's that's huge normally i would be looking for a way to make a tiktok of Shia booth punching a kid but <laughs> in this case i don't feel the need to do that because the kids are on <laughs> the screen for like 10 15 minutes total and that's it
0: yeah the kid was a human being he wasn't just a personification of what kids are supposed to be also seeing jenny slate play a human being instead of like because i love the way that she. Played her character in Parks and Rec, but seeing her mm-hmm. like getting to actually not Be over, a character, yeah, not have to overdo every little aspect. <laughs> it was it yeah. was good. It, it, it was good. It was a nice little touch to to see her get to play a human being. Yeah. So the the
1: only other knock I'll put on this movie is I felt like the twist at the end was weak, and not the twist, but the the kind of pivot for Pete was weak mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. When he was like, "How come you didn't believe in me?" and it's like it felt like it was supposed to be more important like we were supposed to feel something like yeah and they focused on it when she was like you don't have to do any of that when ann tells him after he says i'm gonna build my own retirement home and ann tells him, you don't have to do any of that it feels as though we were supposed to as a as an audience like be like oh see she doesn't believe in me and then he just suddenly one day is like how come you didn't believe in me and that felt a little forced to me. That was that's the only part of the movie where I was like, and of course, now we have to make the two characters kiss, like put their faces together, the Barbie dolls go together." And I didn't really like that twist, but it's made up for because I like what Anne says to Logan when she's when he says like, "You called your ex human toast," and she was like, "Yeah, but who doesn't like toast? It's great." Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked about enough in in rom coms is. There's always some guy who's super exciting or some girl who's super exciting, whether it's a manic pixie or some sort of like heartthrob tech CEO, whatever it is, whatever is the opposite of this woman's life and this envisioned life, and they immediately feel regret for their safe partner. They're just like, oh, I'm with this guy, but I could have been with an even better guy, and look, here he is now, or I'm with this girl, but the the real girl is out there somewhere and instead she acknowledges that like yeah he's probably not the most adventurous person in the world that's pretty common mm-hmm. that's actually the most notable thing and in in her own way she's saying like in his being the middle school drama teacher, somehow more adventurous like we can talk about art but it doesn't mean that anything we're doing is more important yeah and so yeah like I appreciated that. It's the same way I felt about watching A Castle for Christmas, where I was like, at least it's two people who are 50 something years old mm-hmm. instead of a, like a couple 23 year olds yeah. being like, Am I really going to do this? It's like, Of course you are. You're one year out of college and have no ties.
0: Yeah. Like, well, and something else that caught that, that, now that you mentioned that, of Emma talking to Peter, whenever Peter's like, You're my slow burn. And she goes, I might be your slow burn, but you're not mine. You are not yeah. the person I thought you were. I went, Oh, Tell, like him, tell him, Emma. Fucking yeah. tell was him. He cold-blooded and deserved.
1: Also, that joke made me laugh in the beginning when she's like, no, you, you're the type of guy it takes a while to fall in love with. Like, like <laughs> a few weeks, a month, a year, two years. He's like, wow, thanks, two years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, I recommend this movie. I think yeah. it's definitely a film worth watching. It, it's certainly, you're not going to be upset that you spent the time watching it. It probably is a little overlong. But it is a fun movie, and it's sweet when it needs to be. And I think that there there's a lot worse. <laughs> Go look at any of our other rom-coms that we've reviewed to find a lot worse movies out yes. there. This is easily our best rom-com. Uh, I can't even think of one to compare it to. I like It's like a good version of
0: The Wrong Missy. It's <laughs> it's like The Wretched, but less gore. It's <laughs> nothing like The Wretched. No. My God, no. No. <laughs> just no (laughs) just no so long so long as I didn't go ahead and completely ruin the movie for my wife we'll probably end up watching this together at some point (laughs) that's uh that's been our take on I want you back we both go ahead and think that if you're looking for a rom-com here you go guys come go watch it and we've been streaming Wasteland you can go find us on all the social medias from facebook to twitter maybe this year elon will change it again maybe it'll become x 2.0 or x triple x we're over on instagram tiktok youtube spotify all the places you can go ahead and find podcasts you can go ahead and email us at what, what is it again greg streaming wasteland at gmail.com that is correct cool I very rarely go ahead and remember what our email is because I don't use it that often. I use it all the time, time, actually. That's a lie. That's a lie. I'm in school. I don't remember my own name Mm -hmm. 90% of the time. Give give us another episode or two, and I'll probably forget what our our (laughs) podcast is called. But, yeah, you can go ahead and email us. Go ahead and comment on this. Like it. Go ahead and subscribe. Download it. Tell us that we suck ass. Whatever you got. Whatever you're feeling, just go ahead and message us. Let us know. And with that, Greg, say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, guys.